Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Oh, Pater! Pater! Hi, everyone, and welcome to Pater, a Penn State football show. Along with former Penn State and NFL quarterback Matt McGloin, I'm Tom Hannafin. This show is brought to you by our sponsors, Funk Brewing, the official craft beer partner of Pater. This month, be sure to check out their Sour Power Watermelon Ale, the R&D Experimental IPA, and their very popular Funkadelphia IPA and a new burgundy and baby blue can for baseball season. Wink, wink, Phillies fans. Funk has so many great beers to choose from at their tap rooms in Emmaus, Elizabeth, town in york and pennsylvania you can find a variety of funk brewing beers at your favorite beer distributor and grocery store visit funkbrewing.com to learn where and how you can get their fantastic products must be 21 years or older to purchase please drink responsibly also, Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from pro and college basketball to UFC, MMA, and more. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. We're the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use our promo code Believe, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Pater is presented by BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. Also, we invite you to head to shop.believe.com, that's shop.b-l-e-a-v.com, and search Pater for our two t-shirts. One is the official show logo over the heart. It comes in white, navy blue, and black, and the other is a navy blue t-shirt. It has the Pater wordmark over the heart, and on the back, circa the 2012 Penn State football season, it has Matt McGloin's name and number. Again, head to shop.believe.com. That's shop.b-l-e-a-v.com and search Paydirt for our two t-shirts. Spring ball is underway. The practices continue. As we've mentioned, it all culminates on April 15th with the annual blue-white game, which is going to be an actual game. We are very much looking forward to that, that Beaver Stadium. We want to take this opportunity to kind of look ahead because the 2023 season marks the 10th official season for James Franklin as the head coach of Penn State football. Obviously, so much has transpired. So much has happened to this Penn State football program in that time. Sometimes you take it for granted, and we wanted to take this opportunity to really look back at the body of work that James Franklin has put together, um, the ups, the downs, and, of course, what's ahead, especially with such high hopes for 2023 and a lot of people, myself included, hoping for the college football playoff. And if we're really, really lucky, a national champion once again. Uh, Matt, you've lived through the Joe Paterno era. You've lived through the Bill O'Brien era. The transition to James Franklin, obviously at the time, was extraordinarily difficult, not necessarily because of anything he'd done wrong, but just the situation he was inheriting, a lack of scholarships coming off the Sandusky scandal. You're going from the Joe Paterno era, which is all Penn State football fans knew for generations, it seemed, to Bill O'Brien helping to resurrect things, and then James Franklin taking the torch after a successful run at Vanderbilt and the SEC. As you look back on 10 seasons, what's the first thought that comes to mind? I feel like I'm getting old. That's that. That's that is the first we are. thought. Yeah. That is the first thought, Tom. But wow, 10 years. Um, you know, it's look 78 and 36, right? He's 49 and 30. In conference play, and you know uh, what, what I think the mindset with with James Franklin is now is that it's 
you you need to be a Big Ten title contender every year. Um, and and with that, like there there there's the potential to be a playoff contender as well. And I think he's he's turned the program into that, right? With with the way he you know talks about the team, the way he talks about the program, with the way he talks about his coaching staff, the way he talks about NIL, with the way he talks about the new facilities, right? The way he talks about recruiting, his massive contract, right? That that's what we all see now. And I think for him having success early in his career in 2016, winning the Big Ten, right? And we've talked about that before on the show. Like so many people have held on to that, right? And they have been holding on to that since then. And they just haven't been able to break through that. Now you've mentioned Bill, you've mentioned Joe. And 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 naturally, James, you're, uh, James is going to be compared to those two. But you know, the obvious thing to point to, Tom, is what have you done against Ohio State? What have you done against Michigan, right? You played 12 games, but it really comes down to two when you look at it. And for James, right, he's one and eight against Ohio State. He's three and six against Michigan. I mean, I, heck, he's four and five against Michigan State. You know, so I, when I think of year 10, I think how, of how important of a year this is, Tom, because when you look at that stretch from 16 through 19, I mean, how great of a stretch of football was that at Penn State with James Franklin, Joe Moorhead, and, and Ricky Ronnie? Um, but then you transition to the tough year with Kirk Sharaka in 2020. Yursich goes seven and six, right? In his year one as a coordinator, 11 and two this past year, again, with losses to Michigan and Ohio State. So for James Franklin, for Mike Yursich in year three as an offensive coordinator, like I think this. This, this has the potential to be that breakthrough year. And if they have a ton of success, we get a pretty good look at what the future could potentially hold um, for Penn State. I think right now, Tom, like you could make the argument that they should be favorite in that game against Ohio State, right? We talked about Ohio State potentially being vulnerable. Um, but I think it's a really good spot to be in right now here in year 10 with James Franklin. He's certainly done a lot of great things. You know, there's been some poor seasons as well, but th this is a massive year for Penn State in the future of the program. I think the thing that we tend to take for granted when we look back at Joe Paterno is the consistency in his staff. There was rarely churn at significant positions. A lot of James Franklin's tenure has been defined by turnover on the coaching staff. So to your point, being able to go into year two with Manny Diaz, year three with Mike Yursich, um, some critical position coaches that have stuck around and some that have been uh, promoted from within. We talked about Dion Barnes, how that feels just right for the program. I believe there's 10 former Penn State lettermen that are a part of this coaching staff right now. There's a lot of things that have fallen into place. And uh, you know, you look at the body of work for James Franklin, five seasons were nine wins or better, four seasons have been 11 wins or better, and that's you know 11 win seasons, excuse me, and that is exactly what we just experienced going mm -hmm. to a Rose Bowl and winning the, the Rose Bowl. So I, I'm not trying to sit here and say that everything has literally been sunshine and roses, no pun intended, but it's just kind of amazing everything that's happened. And uh, looking back on the nine seasons that have just gone down, overcoming the lack of scholarships, that's something that most programs would have been dead and buried. There was a time there were people calling for Penn State to receive the death penalty as a program altogether. I think we forget about that too often. And then, Matt, the one thing I try and come back to is like 
the pandemic season. And, and by season, I mean seasons, really. 2020 rolled right into 2021 in terms of everything being messed up. And now I've been the first person to come on this show and be frustrated that this team was 500 between 2020 and 2021. There were a lot of programs that got messed up because of COVID-19, this one included. Uh, to come out on the other side, at least with this big season that we just experienced, is fantastic. But for you, is it make or break with like winning a national championship for James Franklin, or would you be satisfied and hey, let's get back to a Big Ten championship and see what happens? I think they have to get. I think they have to get to the playoff, right? I mean, uh, that that's just the way I feel, right? I I, I feel like if they if they get to the Big Ten championship game and they win that, it's kind of like okay, finally, like. We got back. We won it again. We should be there. But but I I think being in the mix with with the Georgias, the Alabamas, right, the Michigans, the Ohio States, now the USC's, right, it just you know what I mean. Schools that are on on the rise and have been there and have been a staple year in and year out. I mean, I think that's where we all believe Penn State can be and where Penn State should be, right. So I mean, again, if that's if those are unfair expectations, I don't know, Tom, but I just feel like the position that they're in right now with everything that they have, a Big Ten championship game, a Big Ten championship appearance even, that's just, that's not enough. We expect more from this football program. You got to experience, as I mentioned, two different head coaches and also uh, some changes in the alignment of the university, as James Franklin likes to refer to it as. And right now, James Franklin has spoken glowingly of what uh, Dr. Ben Napudi has done as president, uh, of what Pat Kraft has been doing as athletic director. It sounds like that alignment between all three of those people has been very, very successful thus far. And a lot of the... Uh, positivity has come from as you mentioned that big new contract extension was from the prior regime but at the same time it was setting up the football program as a whole not james franklin obviously is the ceo but still setting up the program to get what it needed to get the right things to amplify their facilities to help with recruiting all those things that a lot of us don't see uh from from your standpoint when you were playing do you think there were things that were maybe taken for granted in respect to those needs of the program that it's like, Hey, we're Penn state. We're pretty darn good. And you should come play for us. Or were you kind of maybe, <laughs> That's all it was. but were there times where you were like, you know what, this could maybe use a little TLC. This could be. Oh improved. yeah. Yeah. I think you always look around and say, you know, what, 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 where can you be improving? Where can you be getting better? But I, I think too, Tom, looking back, like that was the mindset of Penn state. That was tradition of Penn state football, right? Black shoes, basic blues, Right, all game or, or no names, all game. Right, that that saying that they use, and that it was a mentality as well, Tom. It's like, give me a pair of spikes, give me a helmet, you know, give me a playbook, roll a football out, and let me go work and let me play and let me compete. Right, it, there was some toughness to that. There was a uh, there was something about that that you loved and that you wanted to be a part of. Right, it wasn't about how great the locker room was or if there were TVs you know, in the lounge area or pool tables or anything like that. Right. Cause that doesn't matter. Like that's, it's nice to look at and it's great for recruiting, but that's not, that's not why you're there. That's, that's not why you're a part of that program. Um, you know, so I mean, I get it. I understand it. I understand why all those things are necessary and, you know, but 
you know, I just think there's still something about being a part of that program and respecting the tradition and, and, and knowing what you're a part of Tom. And it's just, it, it's a focus thing as well, right? You don't, you don't want to lose focus. You don't want to, you know, bring attention to this or to that, right? You, you kind of want to be able to, when you step in the facility, you want to be, I'm focused on football and that's it. James Franklin was hired in 2014, so obviously this is going to be his 10th season as the head coach. Uh, 2024 will mark his 10th anniversary uh, as the head coach of the program. And ironically enough, you kind of touched on a little bit before in regards to USC, is that is the year the Big Ten will expand to accommodate the USC Trojans and the UCLA Bruins. Is it, I don't want to say now or never, that feels very strong, but at the same time, is it like all of a sudden everybody in the Big Ten is going to get shook up a little bit with those additions? Are you looking for undeniably good hair and beard care? Then Maestro's Classic is perfect for you. Maestro's has beard washes, beard oils, beard butters, plus hair gels and pomades. It's one brand for every man. Visit maestrosclassic.com. That's M-A-E-S-T-R-O-S classic.com and use our promo code paydirt15 paydirt15 at checkout for 15% off your order. Maestro's Classic, crafting a better you. Are you a fan of rivalries? Are you a fan of smack talk? Do you like to stand out from the crowd at tailgates? If so, head over to Smack Apparel and check out what their team is geared up for this football season. Their Let There Be White tee is the perfect gear for those famous whiteout games at Beaver Stadium. Or get straight to the point with the worst tee for all the Ohio State haters out there. Smack Apparel makes the gear that'll have everyone asking where you got it. They have the must-have tees for all your teams, including pro football, baseball, basketball every fan is covered head over to their website smackapparel.com and use the promo code paydirt at checkout for 10 percent off again that's smackapparel.com promo code paydirt at checkout why wear boring when you can wear smack yeah i mean i think you have you know what a year now to prepare for it you know, to be ready for it. And you the know, playoff grows to 12 in 2024. That's important. Yeah. Well. So it's kind of like, not that there's never not a sense of urgency when you're playing the game or when you're a yep. part of a program like Penn State. But I mean, right now, right now, more than ever before, I'd say before things change to kind of be able to solidify where you're at in the Big Ten and understand where you're going and what you have to do to get there. I mean, I don't think it's necessarily Penn State, Tom, like, you know, we know where Penn State stands in the Big Ten. We know where they stand in the East. Um, but if you're a school like a Michigan, or excuse me, like a Michigan State or a Maryland, somebody that's had some good years, somebody that's right on the cusp of getting over that hump and, and starting to competing, um, you know, I, I think this is this is a big year for schools like that um, as well. Before, as you say, the Big Ten gets shaken up here, right? They expand, and then they that, that goes to you know the, the college football playoff goes to twelve teams as well. Looking back on some of the things that James Franklin has been able to accomplish in, in Happy Valley, we talked about the Big Ten championship win in 2016, a bevy of Coach of the Year accolades that went along with that in 2016. And it seemed like everything was rolling, and we talked about it going into the pandemic. Things just got so badly messed up. And I think there is, at the moment, a stigma of – the Sean Clifford era, four straight years with James Franklin. A lot of people were frustrated with it. A lot of people were very happy with it. A lot of people are big fans of Sean Clifford. Some, it's polarizing. It's really polarizing. 
What does this coaching staff have to do to move on from that? I, I don't think they have to do anything to move on now. I think it's already understood. You know, they are moving on now with Drew Allar, right? Who is brand new. It's fresh, right? There's a buzz in the air, Tom. It's exciting. Like people are excited for the season again, right? Because they don't know what's going to happen. They don't know what to expect. And for people who didn't like Sean Clifford as a player, it's because you knew what you were getting week in and week out. And that, that when I look at that time, that's not a bad thing. You're speaking to consistency. That's yeah, that's what you look for in players. That's what you look for in quarterbacks. Wait, what am I getting out of this guy every single day? I know what I'm getting out of him. He's gonna he's gonna be a great leader. He's gonna be tough. Um, right? He's gonna be well prepared, right? The team's gonna rally around him. He's gonna make good throws. He's gonna understand the game plan. He knows the playbook. We can trust him, you know, to, to go out there and 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 you know, check out a runs or check the passes, right? You can trust him. I mean, that's that's what you look for. Um but I think there's something different about this year um, because we know what we have in Penn State defensively. You mentioned a guy like Manny Diaz is back for year two, year three, and Mike Yurcich, arguably the best one-two punch in America. There are no more question back or really questions about depth or what the offensive line holds. We now know that. We know you have two very capable tight ends who have experience, right? There are question marks at the wide receiver room, but you got a quarterback who everybody feels like could be the guy to carry this program to where it has the potential of going over the next three years. Um, so I don't think the staff needs to do anything to move on. I think it's happening naturally now, knowing that you got a kid that's 6'5", 245, um, who, again, has, has the potential to be one of the better players in all of America. I just hope the expectations are not some – vastly different version of this offense. Like I, I'm still expecting once 2023 gets underway, that first month, month and a half, maybe two months of the season, the way the offense looked the back end of last season, and I'm talking about multiple tight end sets. I would love to see that wishbone package again. That was a lot of fun. Uh, the multiple tailbacks being used, really committing to the run game, play action pass, setting up yeah. Drew Hour to be successful. I, I joked about it the last time we did this show, Matt, is that like I think people are hoping that he's going to go out there and rip off some video game numbers or something like that. <laughs> I don't expect that at all. And I hope that he doesn't put himself in that situation. You know, I, I, my point being with Clifford is that uh, I, I think people want to see something different. It just to the point you just made is that there was we knew what Sean Clifford was for a number of years. So I hope Drew Aller is not going out there trying to be like, OK, he's taking the good that he's learned from Sean Clifford and then trying to just really rock it past him too quickly. You, you, you got to hold his hand. Right. I mean, that's that's the, especially the first couple of weeks of the season. Right. I mean, I'm just and again, you don't know the type of spring he's going to have. Right. You don't know the type of training camp that he's going to have. I mean, that, that'll dictate what your game plan is, you know, week one, week two, week three, and how this kid continues to progress. If he's progressing at an extremely high rate time, well, then, yeah, like, all right, let's, you know, let, let let's let, let's let him go, man. Just go let him play. But if there's uncertainties with him. Um, if he's dealing with confidence issues, um, right? If he's, I don't know if he's struggling with certain concepts, certain plays. The last thing you want is for the kid to break the huddle and, you know, he's looking left, he's looking right, he's chasing reads, right? His, his head's spinning, the game is too fast for him. You don't want that. So if you got to go to quick game, Tom, screens, 
wide receiver screens, tight end screens, uh, you know, boots, get them outside the pocket, simple stuff that allows the kid to just be confident, be calm and play relaxed. Then you do that. You play to his strengths. You don't, you don't want to put him into a game where he's in way over his head. Right, we talked about being able to rely on the defensive side of the rely on the defensive side, rely on the run game, rely on the tight ends, see how the wide receivers continue to develop, let everything around him carry him until he is strong enough to be the guy, until he is strong enough to take over. One thing that sticks out in my mind, you know, thinking about James Franklin, and maybe this is not a fair thing to put on him, but I think there's definitely Penn State football fans that are consistently thinking about this is that in a few, we're, we're roughly 40 years removed from the last national championship for Penn State football 1986 so we're fast approaching that 40 year anniversary which is uh, really mind-boggling when you think about it uh, that expectation has been on Joe Paterno for was on Joe Paterno for a number of years frankly I don't think it was on Bill O'Brien initially but it's certainly a contingent in the fan base is like no Penn State should be in the conversation for the national championship so I, yeah. I don't think it would have been fair to put on bill but i think right now it's certainly on james franklin do you think that's something that the athletic department is putting on him or you know is contracts in place are that do you think they're content to play the long game at this point listen i think if you're a competitor um you have the right mindset you want to be successful that that's that's your own that's that's you put that on yourself Right to win, to dominate, to play well, right to compete for Big Ten titles, compete for a national championship year in and year out. Right, that was Joe's mindset, that was Bill's mindset, and and that's we know that's James' mindset, you know as well. And it has to be right. That has to be the standard at Penn State. Um, it has to be their standard. We can talk about how difficult of a journey it's going to be for sure. them. Right, S sitting here, we can do that, but they can't. Right. I mean, you have to have that right mindset day in and day out. So, you know, I mean, I, I think the, we, we know they're committed to James Franklin and, and his staff and the way he's handled this program long term. We know that, um, you know, but but again, at some point in time, Tom, you know. You got to beat the Ohio States. You got to beat the Michigans. You have to get back to the Big Ten championship game. You have to win the Big Ten championship game. You got to you, you got to get to the college football playoff. Um at some point in time, I said earlier, you got to be able to break through that wall. If Penn State wins a Big Ten, uh, champ, I'm sorry, let me back up. If Penn State wins a national championship with James Franklin at the helm, how will you react? I, I mean, I'd, I'd be, I'd be wowed, Just freaking around the neighborhood. You know? I'd, I'd be wowed. <laughs> I'd be wowed. You know what I mean? Because it, it's just. And again, I started I started off the show talking about this, right? Because we all now believe they're capable of it, but it's because it's been talked about for so long, right? Oh, the facilities, his his new contract, the 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 great success he's had within his own coaching staff. Those guys taking other jobs, those guys taking head coaching jobs, um, right? The 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 uh, you know, it, it's. So much is talked about how they're right there, they're right there, they're right there, they're right there. So I feel like finally when they get, I, you, I, I don't know, Tom. Like, I, you know what I mean? I'm just trying I'm freak to freak out. I mean, <laughs> in the best way possible because it's something it's, uh, well, it's know, I things. hope to see in my lifetime. It's one of those things where it's like if they want it, you'd be like, I can't, I can't believe 
that they did it. I can't believe that they did it, even though they're expected to do it. Yeah. But you're at the point now, Tom, where since 2016 or so, it's been, you know, oh, we're getting there, we're getting there, we're getting there. So, I mean, at what point you're like, well, I mean, man, you got you got to go out and prove it. I think I think we'd all collectively lose our freaking minds. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'd be awesome. Um, yeah, I I genuinely want to hear from our, our our fans, our listeners, our viewers, uh, especially on YouTube. You guys are great in the comment section. I want to hear from you guys. We want to hear from you guys in terms of how you feel about the ten seasons or approaching his tenth season for James Franklin. How you feel about his body of work? How you feel about where the team's going? Uh, if you feel like a national championship is imminent in the next year, two years, three years, four years, five years, how you feel about it? Because there's just so many different opinions about it. And I've said it before. I think James Franklin can be polarizing for a lot of people. And maybe it's unfair because the comparisons often go right back to Joe. Mm-hmm. And it just, to a degree, Matt, it just feels – is it fair to say apples to oranges? Is it fair to say that the eras are so vastly different? I mean, they are different. I, I don't think anybody really can. You can't compare anybody really to Joe and what he was able to do for the university. Um, you know, and I know I talked about James's record earlier versus Ohio State and Michigan and Michigan State. Even look, look, remember, Bill, Bill was zero two against Ohio State, right? And if uh, my, my numbers are correct, I, I, I believe Joe was ten and thirteen against Ohio State. You know, I think he was six and ten versus Michigan. I mean, there was a time there. I, I think they lost nine in a row. You know, versus Michigan. You know, w- with Joe as a head coach. So I mean, look, everybody has their struggles during their careers. Um, but you talked about Joe and the consistency, right? And just kind of what was what was expected year in and year out, right? From Penn State. So I think I, I think that's one great thing that we've been able to see from Joe to Bill to James is that the expectations and the standard doesn't and shouldn't change. Agreed. Uh, everybody, like I said, please send us your comments. I'm very curious how people feel about this because, like I said, it's, it's certainly a polarizing issue. Spring ball continues. Blue-white game is right around the corner, and we are all dying to see some football again. Thank you all so much for joining us. This episode and our entire library of shows is available now on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And of course, let us know what you think of the show on Twitter, at QB 11 and at Tom Hannafin. Paydirt is presented by Bet Online and by Funk Brewing. Thanks again, everyone, and join us next week for more Paydirt. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.